0: The yeah, other Stephanie. Woo! Can you clap that fast? I just wooed. It's that loud woo. That's an all-comprehensive, non-stop clapping. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special, always very special edition of Ignite Radio Live.
1: Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio.
0: Very excited to have you all here with us. It is that season. What is that season, Stephanie? It is that season. School season, what else? Activity, sports, soccer, Cross country. Everything has begun. We just ran, pardon the pun, from my daughter's cross country. They ran four and a half miles in the sweltering heat. Beautiful Swan Creek. And I uh, I made my contribution from a park bench trying to finish up my Rim and Arroyo Mother Angelica book. But uh, wow, just uh, it is that time. It is that time of wheels spinning again. Yep, everything gets going
1: and schedules fill up so quickly. And a simple phrase,
0: don't Don't let your blessedness be robbed by busyness. Don't let your blessedness be robbed by busyness. I think it's all the more important for us to take the time to be still and to know that He's God and to pray. And uh, over the past weekend, of course, what a blessed time, mm. uh, Labor Day weekend. Of course, we had labor throughout this weekend, also in the yard, but we were very blessed to see family to go to my brother's home in Akron. Uh, he's a surgeon and his wife and five beautiful kids, joined by my brother Luke, who is a professor and. Um, You're laughing at me. It's kind of interesting, you know? I mean, just a little color it in a little bit. I'm one of seven kids, six boys and a girl. And my two brothers, those two brothers and their families live in the Cleveland area. So it's fun to watch the Cleveland Indians and see them do well because they are Cleveland Indians fans. And my uh, beloved mom and dad joined us from Dublin, Ohio. So we spent the evening, a couple days, at my brother Marty's home in Akron. And, uh, you know, just evokes the sense of, you know, family, family. Um, You know, we know each other other's stuff. We love each other. We stick with each other. We pray for one another. We rib each other. We know the buttons to push for one another. And, and we're blood, you know, just like the cross. The blood. In the blood we're united. And so there's something powerful about that phrase. Hey, we're blood. And uh, in a lot of ways, mass impact, the mass, right? And also double entendre, the masses. We want to impact the masses with the mass in the blood. You see my connection? Are you jiving with me? And uh, the whole idea that we're a mission family. We're called, the Mass is all about forging us to become a missioned family, which means in spite of the stuff, in spite of the junk, in fact, all of that allows us all the more to be faithful and to uh, seek mercy, because the Lord knows I need it, and to be merciful. And uh, just to give you now a wonderful quote from our beautiful now Saint, Theresa, of Calcutta, but my wife, you had your hand... So it's funny, <laughs> you're the teacher, you have your hand in the air. I well, didn't want to cut you off, break in. but
1: I wanted you to know that I wanted to say something.
0: I want to say something. Lay it on us. Are you
1: listening, people? I am. Okay.
0: My mom is. Okay. John Paul, John Paul is. Thanks is. for
1: doing sound tonight, John Paul. All right. So so excited also, Greg, you're talking about family and together and what it's about. How awesome that we as the Catholic family, the universal the universal family, the First family one. of God, got to welcome a new saint into the, the, the realm, right? St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Actually, I think it's just St. Teresa of Calcutta. That's right. St. Teresa sure. of Calcutta. So just how awesome, beautiful canonization mass. I hope some of you took um, uh, time to look on Bishop uh, Thomas's Facebook page. He has an awesome uh, video beautiful. of the, a connection with Mother Teresa and his thoughts. A must-see. I think it might be on the and webpage too, perhaps. Um, but anyway, so look for it, YouTube it, Just it's awesome, just very, very powerful. Um, also, very uh, blessed, our oldest daughter, as many of you know, is down at Ave Maria University, who has its uh, a lot of connecting pieces to its founding and present day to Mother Teresa. And the, the president, President James Tui, um, worked very closely with Mother and her sisters as legal counsel for 12 years or so something like that. And they have a Mother Teresa project down there at uh, Ave Maria University. and
0: The only one in the country.
1: Yes, that's approved by the Missionaries of Charity. And just more for another time, but some really, really neat stuff going on. Um, and he was also asked by their Mother Superior um, of the, the Beautiful Order to proclaim the first reading at the Canonization Mass. So it was very, very cool. And uh, just kind of on a personal note. So, with all of that... We're
0: very excited to have you here in a moment. Steph is going to read a very powerful quote from Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. But tonight we're excited to have two guests with us, a young man who uh, we are blessed to meet at Catholic Youth Summer Camps. He is now one of the four full-time staffers. he will tell you a little more about him in a moment. Uh, folks who are listening to us know we are partnering with this Catholic Youth Summer Camps to forge dynamic, outstanding disciples, and not just for a week, not just for a moment, as you hear us say, but for a moment. So, movement, movement. Uh, I'm so excited to <laughs> be on this so journey. Well, I come from Wisconsin. Tonight. Move. Anyways, uh, very excited to have him with us. And then a little bit after him, we've got a a familiar name to many, Justin Fatica. Uh, You may have seen him on HBO, A&E, all the different uh, network channels. He's really rocking it out throughout the country, and uh, we'll be having him calling in very soon. So before we get to that, we're going to have a quote and a prayer, and we're going to cue in Brad.
1: So St. Teresa says, The world today is upside down. Everybody seems to be in such a terrible rush Anxious for greater development and greater riches and so on. There is much suffering because there is so very little love in homes and in family life. We have no time for our children. We have no time for each other. There is no time to enjoy each other. In the home begins the disruption of the peace of the world.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we are gathered here before you aware of our imperfection, aware of the emptiness that you fashioned us with, that we can seek our fullness in you. We come to you real, trying to keep it real, Lord, because you come to us real presence. We yearn for your real presence, Lord God, to flood us. And uh, we are, Lord, as families, ever aware of the busyness that wants to rob our blessedness. Lord, may, uh, may we become all the more aware tonight of the importance of putting that flag in the sand, taking that time and being attuned to your Spirit, alive within us, and not just filling us, God, but overflowing to the world around us, that we can be your blessing to one another, that we can have your heart beating within us for others, and recognize that that is your design of marriage, that's your design of family, that's your design of parish, to image the Trinity, to be love poured out. So awaken us, God, all the more to this ultimate identity of imaging you who are love. To make love known through all the intercession of the, all the angels and saints, especially St. Saint Teresa of Calcutta, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. With no further ado, we welcome you, Brad Puran. How you doing? Woo, woo, woo. I'm
2: doing well. How are you guys?
0: Awesome. Thank We're so excited to have you with us. And I'm surprised that you just like have to wake up for this after those 10 exhausting weeks working down at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. I'm sure you've been sleeping since then, right?
2: Yeah, I've been getting some good sleep, that's for sure. And thank you so much for having me, Greg and Stephanie. It's been uh, great listening to you guys talking about uh, our new saint, Teresa of Calcutta. That's wonderful. And this whole summer, I'll tell you, within those 10 weeks, I was surrounded by countless saints, small s, here on earth. And it was just incredible to be able to serve alongside them and serve the young people of our state, and not only our state, but our country
0: awesome, Brad. And we're, we're blessed to kind of be, we're talking about missioned family. It's a great image for us, isn't it? Just that we, we're of blood and we're meant to uh, be on a mission, the mission of making Christ known. And so I so you have your beautiful little sister, I think your little sister, no big sister, little sister.
2: No, she is my little sister.
0: Who, who's at Ave Maria with our daughter Anne-Marie. So another very fun connection with you guys. And um, so, Brad, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, how did you come to this point of, uh, as a young man, many options, very gifted, very talented from my encountering you. you got a lot of options in front of you. And uh, the Holy Spirit moved you to be what? Giving up some time in your life to be a missionary for uh, our Catholic faith. Bring us up to this point. Give us the 411 on that.
2: Yeah, well, thank you so much for the kind words. And I I was born and raised Catholic in a small town in Ohio, Portsmouth. It's right down on the river. And I lived with a loving family, have a younger sister. Her name's Brooke, and like you said, she's down at Ave Maria. And uh, yeah, we, we went to Mass on Sunday growing up, and I went to a Catholic school, Notre Dame High School. And as I was progressing through my faith, I recognized in high school, I knew of Jesus, uh, whom we spoke about, but I didn't know Him. So I knew mm-hmm. of Him. I knew him in my mind, but I didn't yet have this relationship with him in my heart, and I I began to to seek him into my senior year of high school and on into college, and uh, upon coming to Ohio State, Uh, There was a lot of transition in my life, and I was trying to find, you know, areas to fit in as this new college student who just went from a small high school to a super large university. And after a couple years of kind of trying to find my way, some struggles and some times of darkness, I ran into an organization at Ohio State called St. Paul's Outreach, and they really were my saving grace. They really took that knowledge of Jesus that I had in my mind, and they began to foster a relationship within my heart. Uh, with this Jesus who I had known about for so long and upon uh, recognizing this uh, community, this organization, I began seeking Jesus with my entire heart, and dedicated my last two years of college fully to serving uh, the community here at Ohio State, bringing more and more college students into a relationship with Him. And upon graduating from Ohio State, I actually graduated with a degree in communication. My minors were economics and political science. I thought I was heading towards law school, and I felt the Lord just call me uh, out of my comfort and into this missionary lifestyle, and it has been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Since making that decision, I served at Capicu Summer Camp this summer uh, for 10 weeks, two weeks of training, eight weeks of camp. I immediately went from there to a power packed conference in Minnesota called the School of the New Evangelization. Mm-hmm. And then since being back, we're forming some confirmation retreats and things like that at Damascus, which is uh, the, the broader umbrella. It's the actual physical location where Catholic Youth Summer Camp is held, and we'll be having different things throughout the year. But I'm just really excited. The Lord's done wonders in my heart in bringing me from a, a point of, of darkness, a point of striving, to a point of light and a point of recognition and encounter with Him. And it really has been uh, a familial type of bond here within the community at Ohio State. I feel as if, you know, we're, we're all within the body of Christ, and that body of Christ not only is with us in the communities we find within our parishes and things, but also within our families at home. And I've seen the grace that's been poured out in my yes and in my sister's yes, and just actually how in our uh, amplified is yes, our whole family has come to a greater recognition of who Jesus is and that's been absolutely incredible. So yeah, thank you for asking.
0: That's awesome, oh, so Brad. Awesome. You're glowing and I love that. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit and I love to hear your story mm-hmm. as you might imagine. Uh, it really resonates. It echoes what we often hear on our program with people who've grown up in the Catholic faith, obviously have their challenges, knew of God but didn't know Jesus personally, went to Mass, mm-hmm. were very faithful and, uh, and yet something missing and truthfully we don't really know what's missing sometimes times until we're on that other side. Just before we go any further, um, just in a word, speak to that person out there who's listening right now, who perhaps is a very faithful Catholic, but they're they're dour, they're down. Not that we're not going to experience darkness. That's not what we're talking about. But, uh, the, the, you know, they're maybe wondering, do I have a relationship with Jesus? Is he the animating source of my life? Is he the anchor? Is he, is he the, the guiding reason in my life? Speak to that person and maybe explain, how do we as Catholics understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus?
2: Yeah, the word that I would use would be encounter. I think this this idea, as we begin uh, seeking Jesus within our lives, we really have to recognize, is Jesus um, someone that I go to just when I need Him, or is He someone that is accompanying me in every step that I take? And when we truly encounter Jesus Christ, whether that be within adoration, within um, Within maybe a community, kind of as, as I discovered him, uh, we really begin to allow him to accompany us in every step of our journey and not just seek him maybe when it, when we need him, maybe as, I, I don't know, a, a recharge for our week or maybe as, uh, some comfort in a time of, str- <clears throat> excuse me, of, str- <clears throat> of struggle, but Yeah, this idea of encounter, when we encounter the living God, so this isn't just a person who lived 2,000 years ago, this is a person who lives now and is able to walk with us, and when we encounter that, we're able to begin to allow Him more fully into our lives through the Holy Spirit
0: awesome awesome so brad i want to shift a little bit to the catholic youth summer camp as we know many of our listeners know blessed to have this brand new campus they're halfway toward a 15 16 million dollar project but they now are no longer itinerant traveling around the whole region putting on these week-long events but they had a contained 10-week program there blessed to have my daughter there on staff with you guys and many wonderful stories amidst the usual wonderful refining Mm -hmm. challenges of things tell us what you saw just give us a short portrait of what you saw in general sort of some common themes of middle school and high school kids coming through the door. How in general did you receive them or did you see them come in the door versus how in general did you see them depart on the last day? And what would happen in the middle to make it happen?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I receive a lot of questions regarding Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and especially our new campus uh, there in Centerburg, Ohio, uh, named recently Damascus. It's, it's been incredible. And throughout the, the course of this summer, I, I would say just what I tell everybody when they ask me of, of camp, and I say we have been blessed With 471 acres of conversion, you Um, see so often 1,300 campers this summer, and it was incredible. We had 1,300 uh, ranging from the age of about 12 or 13 all the way up to 18 and 19. And and time and time again, I saw these young young people, these junior high students and high school students, come in with, with with whatever they they brought from wherever they were coming from. So whether that be walls surrounding their heart or, like like where I was, a recognition of who Jesus was but a needing to welcome him into their hearts. And what I saw over the course of that week can only be described in the word conversion. I really saw each of these junior high and high school students come to know Uh, who the Holy Spirit was, how the Holy Spirit brings Jesus to us in a real, intimate, and personal way. And I began to see students who wanted to take ownership of their faith, who did not any longer want faith to just be something that they went to for one hour on Sunday, but they wanted it to begin to transform their lives. They wanted it to begin to transform their families. They wanted it to begin to transform their parishes. And I think it's just so wonderful because we time and time again hear parents talking about how the kids come back with a newfound zeal for their faith and they actually begin to transform the family faith mm-hmm. and, and it's so interesting when we look at our society and the needs that our society has, we can echo the words of the the past pope, now Saint, John Paul the Great, John Paul the Second. He says that as the family goes so goes the church mm-hmm. and and I, I can totally reiterate that in seeing how these students impact their families after leaving camp and then how their families begin to impact our parish and how that's all interconnected but nonetheless I would use the word conversion to describe all that a conversion of the student a conversion of the young person leads to a conversion of the family which leads to a conversion of the parish which leads to a conversion of our church
0: really awesome two things that uh, really struck us we've had, we're blessed to have various priests and guests and even the bishop talking about CYSC. All six of our children were involved this past year, and two kind of two themes. One um, was they often say that what's distinctive about CYSC is it's not pointing to itself. It's not pointing to the organization. It's really pointing to living it out in the real world. Now, obviously the kids are being, not every day are they jet skiing in their backyard or whatever, or doing high ropes courses or high adventure stuff. So clearly it's a stylized week that takes them out of their ordinary environment. But every Everything about it is to forge in them a sense of their identity and a a disciplined lifestyle, a way of mind, a habit of mind and heart that is really of what it means to be a disciple. That's number one. And the second thing, kind of what you said, maybe you could speak to this um, when uh, I was interviewing my daughter, Anne Marie. We aired this before, but I just think it's worth repeating. She said, Dad, you know, the things the kids were most afraid of were not the high ropes courses or the jet skis or whatever it was. The thing they're most afraid of is that this dynamic faith." that they encountered would not be uh, able to be continued when they came home, that there wouldn't be an atmosphere or an environment. And in most cases, she said, they came from faithful, quote-unquote, Catholic families. And so we recognize this in this radio program. We recognize that there are many Mm -hmm. grandparents and parents out there who earnestly desire to create a kind of atmosphere, a kind of culture, more than just doing good or being good or making good decisions that are ethical, but to really put a flag in the sand and talk and pray. And, of course, we're all about that with our Live It Gathering Guide mm-hmm. and our ablaze this Sunday and all that sort of thing. But I wonder if you could just, you know, share with our audience uh, from your experience with them and working with parents, maybe some encouragement to those parents maybe uh, to put that flag in the sand. And, what you know, just maybe one simple step they might take to, to take a step further in creating that environment in their home that would cultivate those seeds yeah,
2: I echo what Anne Marie was saying. I had time and time again saw these students who recognized this fear uh, of climbing the high ropes course or jumping on the jet ski. But what they began to recognize is that, that this fear was fleeting, and that once they went up, to the high ropes course, or once they got on the jet ski, this fear uh, began to subside. But the fear that seemed to linger time and time again was this fear of not being able to take what they had learned at camp and implement that within their family, within their school, and all of that. So, yeah, when, when I'm thinking of the ways by which parents can really begin to put uh, this proverbial flag in the sand, if you will, is... To begin, I think, first and foremost, with a culture of, uh, of honoring within the family. And I think so often within our families, we, we, we'll speak about Jesus, will will um talk about the historical facts of him. But when we begin to honor one another in what we see in each other, we begin to honor the peace of Christ that we see in that particular mm-hmm. family member. Yes, and I, I think a culture of honoring is so significant because what it says is, um, actually, this is the area where I see Jesus in you. So I just have a little bit of experience with that. I've really been trying to implement a culture of honoring within my own family. And I remember, so my sister and my dad share a birthday, which is, really neat it's a cool part of our uh small family so we were actually out to eat and this was their uh, last birthday um and we're out to eat a red lobster and i was just uh talking with my entire family and finally i took a time to actually stop and say i actually want to take this time to honor um you Brooke, and you dad for the things i see in you and i remember just just looking my dad in the eye and, and and telling him, and I call him Pops, and I, was, I said, Pops, I want to honor you for the humility that I see in you and every action that you take in your life. And I looked over at Brooke, and I said, I just want to honor you for the, the radical approach you take to your faith in Jesus Christ. And th- this culture of honoring, what it began to do is show both my father and my sister that Jesus doesn't only dwell in these historical facts, he does not only dwell in this knowledge, but he dwells within them. And that's what that's what transforms families. That's what transforms lives is this idea that we are not only operating as humans out of the natural, but we're operating out of the supernatural because Jesus Christ gives us the ability to do all that he did and greater works than these. He said, Mm -hmm. because he dwells within us and that, that, that is the first area that I would really suggest is, is that idea of a culture of honoring. And secondly, just in praying together, in praying together, not not necessarily praying the rope prayers that we're all so accustomed to, where they, they have a great place within the family. I, I think those should definitely stay They're there for a reason. These prayers have meaning and power to them. But speaking to Jesus from the heart as a family and and just letting Jesus know who he is to that particular family and what he means and and offering uh, personal intercessions, personal invitations to Jesus and allowing him to transform us from the inside out. So yeah, I would say a culture of honoring and then personal and intimate prayer as a family. Those two things together can really begin to set up this area where students who encounter the living God are able to then step into a family that just exacerbates that experience and amplifies it to the fullest.
0: Brad, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Brad, again, a staffer with Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and we're blessed as Mass Impact to be united with them. And, folks, you've heard it here first. Our Mass Impact Diocese of Toledo, our two weeks, are going to be weeks D and F next year, 2017. The first week of July is going to be the high school week, so you can already sign up. I know a number of folks got on a little bit late, didn't
1: get in. October 1st, I believe. Is that correct, Brad, Is the uh, when registration opens?
3: Yep, that is correct.
1: Okay,
0: so um folks, mark your calendars October 1st coming up here very quickly. And then week F, again, we're blessed that our Bishop Daniel Thomas will be celebrating the closing mass for that grade school week. And uh the beauty of this folks in this region and us doing this together is it becomes more than a moment, but a movement. We have our monthly Catholic family gatherings. We have our Ignite Catholic Family Festival, the ablaze event this coming Sunday. I can't say enough uh, how powerful that's going to be with Father Matthias Thalen at St. Jerome in uh Walbridge. Um setablaze.eventbrite.com but um, very blessed to be in partnership with you Brad please be assured of our prayers and pass along our love and prayers to your whole crew God bless you.
2: Thanks so much yeah, Brad Great and Stephanie thank you guys so much you're in my prayers as well. Thank
0: Thanks so know. much what? take care uh-huh. the church is in good hands huh Steph
1: just amazing I mean it never I love um, hearing each and every one of those staff members and counselors and anybody who's been involved with CYSC Every single person that I have encountered down there um, it has been an encounter with Christ. The the faith is real deal in them, the joy, the enthusiasm, much more than a feeling, much more than a, a show, a hoorah-rah, but just... Um, I loved his phrase about allowing the Lord to walk with you, you know, and just that so true and just the way that, um, Pope Francis's mission of accompaniment idea. Yes, yes. And interesting as we partner with them, the two things that Brad spoke of was, you know, in families, a culture of honoring and, um, personal and intimate prayer together and our, uh, Weekly guide that we provide at massimpact.us, that's a part of it. You know, the whole opening thing about sharing victories and challenges and affirmations and requests for prayers and just all that, all those. opportunities to come to know each other to talk to honor each other to help each other is all right there and then centered in the beauty of the gift of the readings of our mass you know for that upcoming sunday and to share in that way and to pray in that way and um yeah, uh, at the end of each reading of the questions, there's a little um, section, if you will, that says, "Going around to each person, tell them how." And it is an honoring question of Jesus within them. So, just very, very cool. You know, just bring it back too to Mother Teresa and her talking about how we're so busy. Yeah. And you had opened tonight's show. About the craziness at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the school year for so so many families and people, as you know, summer has come to an end and so many other things have picked up, but that we need to claim that time for that of which is most important and whenever mother Teresa spoke of the family she so often spoke of taking time to talk and taking time to pray even if it Mm. was just a few minutes and and said that time together as a family um to come i think the phrase she used was to have an audience with god together Mm. um that that she said is the most important part of the day
0: Amen. Well, Steph, we, I believe, have another guest on the line who we're going to cue in here in just one second, but, you know, we got to get the music going for him. Don't
1: do it. we got to get the music going. Uh, Matthew 16,
0: 18, you are rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of hell shall not overcome it. I'm so excited here tonight, brothers and sisters, to welcome back an on-fire man of God who's taken on the gates of hell in the name of Jesus Christ and the places many don't want to go. That is so true. He's an on-fire Catholic man filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, he is. And uh, he's been on HBO, NBC, ABC. He's written some books. He's forming teams of outstanding Catholic evangelists that are making a huge difference. So we now welcome the one and only Justin Batiko!
3: <laughs> oh <yeah>. oh you <laughs> Uh, you know,
1: this is a joy to be with you, Greg and Steph. How's it going? Oh, man, it's so wonderful,
0: Justin, to hear your Come voice. on, upon this rock, I'll build my church, which oh, we should have that courage and that this. comfort in the rock, right? Rocky Balboa. I mean, that's what Jesus oh. meant 2,000 years ago. Yeah, he was
3: foreshadowing Rocky about. Balboa. Rock Come on. <laughs> you got to pray with your family. That, that's the key. you got to spend time. We, we just got done with the rosary. Awesome. I call it a wrestling match. It's either the wrestling match or the rosary, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so, paint a
0: picture. How many, how ma- how many little Rockies together. are there? How many little Justin Fatikas well, are there now? Well, we
3: got three, and they're headlocking each other, awesome. jumping in the covers while they're hail yeah. marrying it up. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> three boys, and we got my daughter, who's just like, oh, get me out of here.
1: <laughs> God bless Mary, She's like, your beautiful
3: wife. Help me God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she said, to Dad. Why do we have three boys? Can I have a sister? <laughs> but now it's
4: too
3: late, she said. She said late. <laughs> I'm already eight years old, she said. We can't have a sister now. Now I'm going to have to babysitter all the time. <laughs> Aww.
4: Aww. That's
0: so sweet. Justin is so awesome. I know I called you uh, on a whim. We've got a lot of great stuff going on in our neck of the woods, and I think a, a real theme is among Catholics, an awakening to the power of the Holy Spirit, not a subset name for Catholic, but what it means to be Catholic, in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not just being emptied so we can be filled, but empty, fill, and overflowing, overflowing with a, with God's heart for others. And you have been such a great, we've been partnering with you in this way, but you're such a great witness of that, those Amen. who met you down at the Apostolate for Family Consecration, and you've been to our city a number of times, and uh, blessed to see your EWTN show, and um, there's so much we can talk about, so I'm going to try to focus myself here. Tell me, what have you been doing in the past here? What's notable? And I could say both internally, hold off on that for a second and how God's been working in your own life. Just tell me about some of the activity, the notable activity with Hard as Nails Ministries, you and your crew in the last year.
3: Well, yeah, you're amazing, which is our message that speaks to the world. It's our evangelical message, basically saying that, that Christ is for all people. And, and the one way we did that was through the EWTN special, which uh, just from EWTN, they, they shared just how many lives were impacted you know, every every week and continually they keep playing He's it over in. and over again because people want hope admit their suffering. They mm. want to know, look, I'm a normal person. I've got challenges here. I've got struggles, and that show. Uh, I mean, everywhere I go, I'll go. I was just at the shrine this week, of uh, the the shrine for a North American Martyrs Shrine, mm, and wow. we took our missionaries up there just to have a time of prayer, reflection, and. And people were coming up to us. Hey, are you that? You're amazing on EWTN <laughs> and this and that. And they're sharing us their
4: stories. Mm.
3: Them uh, battling cancer. Them mm. battling uh, life and, and struggling. And the young ladies said, ah, I just look forward to receiving hope each week your show that's was good. on. And, and that's what we heard time and time again. People just reaching out to us saying, hey, look, uh, we, we want hope amidst the suffering we go through. I just think that's the message. We're helping the world to suffer well. Mm. I think the greatest activity we've done through that show, through, through all the different uh, works that we do, and, and it's just helping the world to suffer well. And mm. our missionary program, it's another great gift to the world. Uh, as you've taught me, Greg and Steph, you both have taught me that, look, your faith is worth nothing unless we give it away. Mm. Unless we give it to someone else, unless we pass it on to the next generation mm-hmm. within our family, but then taking our family and being a witness uh, throughout the world. So that's been a great gift of our missionary program. This is our seventh year doing it, and that's mm-hmm. growing. And So there's so many great things. It's humbling that I had a dream when I, you know, through yourselves, uh, through my own growth in the Erie Diocese, a 17-year-old boy, knowing that, wow, I can live my faith. I can do this. And I'm... I'm... I can't believe it! I got one more day to bring the gospel. That's the way I look at it.
4: So mm, No, no,
1: great perspective. That right? is that
0: is awesome. So, Justin, just give us a portrait here of the, um, if you will, uh, the mission itself. You've got a, a base camp, if you will. You were talking at some point uh, about maybe even a religious order. Some things going on. Just tell us what's yeah. going on. Sketch for us what what's going on with Hard as Nails.
3: Yeah, I mean, we just sent our first guy into the. You know, we sent many guys and ladies into the seminary into the convent that. You know, some of them are nuns and priests now, but uh, we got uh, permission to discern uh, a community of priests, wow. uh, where our, some of the missionaries, they discern, say, I want to go in to live out uh, these, we call them the evangelical virtues, our core virtues of mm. our mission, courage, authenticity, and obedience, uh, which we believe there are the theological virtues, which are faith, hope, and love, mm-hmm. but how do we... How do we get people to buy into faith, hope, and love? We got to go get them. And we get them through courage. We get them through being authentic. And we get them through being obedient to the church. And one young kid, Joe, came from Iowa. He went in uh, to the bishop's seminary. And now we're discerning how is God going to work this out? So that's going on. Um, we have our own uh, Guardians of the Eucharist uh, Mission Center where people are coming in to be trained. We've had a group from Los Angeles come in for four days to be trained to get ready for when we come into their town for nine weeks. Wow! I personally wow. am not going in nine weeks. We'll send missionaries in for nine weeks, and then I'll come in admit that, and then they'll follow up on them. So those are a few other things going on. I mean, how we're able to bring the gospel, not just through a one-time event, to prepare them, to train them, to train these leaders. And then we get to come in to evangelize, and then we have a team there to assist that area to follow up with them. And that's where we're headed. That's we're awesome. We're headed to send it, to take over cities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we want to do. We want to eventually have 10, 20, who knows how many, 30 missionaries going into a city at once, 100, 500, who knows how many into one city, and let's take over that city like Nineveh was taking over. You Amen. know That's the way
0: we look at Amen. it. Amen. Well, put Toledo on that map. You know, we're delighted to be partnering with you. You've been to a number of the places here, and I know you're extremely well-received. In fact, folks, if you want to see a little snapshot, there's nothing like the real thing, of course, but uh, the miracles happen, and you can see them a little bit in this video if you go to YouTube, and uh, I don't know what the, what the title was, Justin, but the video I captured of you at uh, Cardinal stretch, very, very powerful. Um, and just, you know, the, the way, folks, that Justin approaches, and, and the arrows aren't at Justin, and this is a key thing, right, Justin? It's about you, God calls you to do this. God invites you to take that step. And what happens when we take that step outside of the boat in faith? And you, you really, it's, we can't overemphasize this theme, that the blessedness comes through brokenness. The blessedness comes through brokenness. And the world needs to understand, I think, Catholicism, this is the great gift. It's the Eucharist. It's the Mass. And how often are we trying to manufacture, right, and be plastic in that exterior? So you've packaged that. I'm just, for our listeners, you've been able to package that for events and to open up groups unlike I've ever seen anybody do to get them apologizing to one another, to get them tearfully forgiving one another, to get them on a course. And in fact, I I think I'm going to ask you a question now because it is a challenge and it's not necessarily your responsibility in the body of Christ. But, you know, so you open those doors. They're connecting with Jesus and the blood of his heart flowing into their lives. There's forgiveness. There's healing this confession. It's just really an amazing experience. And then unfortunately, even the best of Catholic communities, high schools, uh, parishes, they don't know what to do. And I know it must press you with kind of a dilemma of I still got to bring it, I still got to open the door and have them connect with Jesus because like you say I may only have 24 hours left. This may be the last chance I have to connect with these guys and I got to bring it. How do you see maybe an emergence of cultures uh, high schools, parishes in being able to cultivate those seeds and maybe just advice to any pastors or parents who are listening right now to kind of cooperate in cultivating those seeds?
3: Yeah, I, I Greg, you bring up a huge point. I mean, I've been dealing with this for You know, I've been bringing the gospel, uh, you know, since I came to Christ for about, you know, it's going to be like 20 years now. And as this has evolved to the place where, you know, I see so much brokenness and so many people in need of Christ. And they get opened up at these events. and, And you see, why? Why can't we realize that this is where our culture is at, number one? And number two, why are, are we afraid to respond? And I, I think, number one, I realize that's why we're going into these areas and we're moving in that direction to stay in an area for nine weeks to a year. So that's one thing, how we're responding. You know, look, just that one-time event is good for the places that have that solid base. But I think we want to assist the church in even greater ways. So mm. our apostles moving in that direction, our mission moving in that direction. But number two, I think we ourselves become afraid of death. We become afraid of sin. We become afraid of suffering because we ourselves haven't dealt with our own suffering. Mm. We ourselves have not dealt With our own pain. We ourselves have not dealt with our own sin. And if we have not dealt with our own sin, when sin is in our face, we will be afraid too. And I believe our country, our society, looks death and sin and shame and guilt in the eyes and runs. But when we have Christ, we do not run from the sin and shame and death and pain. We embrace it and say, my God is bigger than that pain and suffering. My God is greater than that shame and guilt. My God has the power to overcome that. And then when we do that within the midst of it, it brings the world hope. Like I tell people, if we suffer well, we will live well. Mm -hmm. Just because we live well does not mean we will suffer well
0: you know one of your missionaries one of your missionaries and the beauty of that also is what that everybody internally knows by themselves when the lights are off the stage, when they're away from their friends and family. They know the inner sanctuary. They know the pain that they're carrying. They know the emptiness. And uh, how are we giving them permission to see that as dignified in Christ himself who suffered? If we're not, you know, and we're not talking about, right, just cathartic and throwing it out there, Oprah Winfrey, whatever. You're talking just authentically, appropriately, you know, wearing, uh, you know, our broken, wounded nature that opens the door. And let's face it, that fosters the communion. That brings us together, um, and you've been you've been preaching that for a long time. And I think you know you've been living it yourself. And I think what's really an awesome contrast, Justin, is just share just a little bit of the background that you come from. It's the most unlikely for our listeners. I mean, so you know, yeah. share with them a little. I mean, you're not a guy who had nothing else going on for you and uh, kind of yeah. rolled off a park bench and said, oh, "I'm going to do ministry. I got nothing better to do."
3: Yeah, I, I mean, most people think I come from you know. A uh, tough background, and I'm just this rugged guy. But I actually came from the opposite. You know, I had, you know, I come from where my dad took a company public, and um, my dad was a very successful businessman. My mom, best cook, cooked with Julia, action Child.
0: <laughs> Julia action Jackson. Action, Catherine. Action,
3: Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> yep. action, Catherine. Action, Jackson. And you know, I think my passion comes so deep people like why is he so passionate about this (laughs) because i know that the suffering i know the truth that it's everywhere Mm -hmm. it's not just in the inner cities it's not just in the rural areas or the suburban areas it's not just in the million-dollar homes it's not just in the poor each one of us have that loneliness and the only way through it is embracing it and using it for the good god can make all things
2: new God
3: can make all things good and sometimes we think our worst challenges our biggest tests are horrible but that's what makes us unstoppable Mm. (laughs) is that if we can get through the impossible situation right now we can show the world that our God is real and in my own life growing up it wasn't okay if you didn't have it all together. It wasn't okay if you didn't look pretty. didn't make my family bad or, or, or where I grew up bad, but we didn't show those things. And the reason we didn't show those things is that that's what made us weak. Mm. But as St. Paul talks about it, that our weakness, our weakness is what makes us strong. Mm. You know? When we are weak, we are strong. When we are strong, we are weak. And I think surrendering in my own life has been the key. You know, I've really, I've given up everything for the sake of the gospel, not, not you know, wealth or, or material things. Those things are secondary. And I, I don't even, I've never even really focused on that because I know what it's like to have that. That really doesn't matter.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But I've given up, you know, I thought when I came to Christ, you know, people would like me or something. I know it was probably dumb, but I thought, oh, I'm getting better grades. I'm being a better kid. I, I'm loving more. I'm praying more. I never thought I'd be rejected. Mm. You know, I didn't really read the Gospels <laughs> very long. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the crucifix around. long enough. Yeah, I didn't spend enough time going, Hey, you're gonna end up like that now, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Justin, uh, I, I love your heart and I love the, the clarity um and the authenticity. You you live those uh, virtues that you speak of and strive for them. Well, you taught I, them to Well, me. come on, please. Um <laughs> you taught action you really Stephanie
3: taught
4: a did. Lot to
0: anyways. <laughs> well uh, she did too. Yeah, she's we, we tell our kids the great stories all the time. But anyway, another time, another place. I'd, I digress. Um this theme, Justin, which is not just just an aspect. It's not just, you know, a nice thing we say that we put on a chalkboard and, you know, teach and nod our heads. This idea of blessedness through brokenness that God designed us this way is so central. It is the lifeblood of of real ministry, not just hard as nails, but of, of any kind of authentic ministry in Jesus. And I thank you and encourage you in that. Um, and there's a little bit of a segue here that um, I think our listeners, grandparents and parents may really uh, want to hear. And it was in our kitchen, you know, you had some of your missionaries stayed over night, and, you know, I asked you the question, you know, how did some of your missionaries turn out now? It's been, whatever, 5, 10, 15 years, and, you know, what kind of predictions can you sort of make from the kind of person who comes in, say, from the faithful Orthodox Catholic family five, ten years down the road versus the uh, the one who kind of really is alone in their home and came through some real struggle and difficulty and challenge. And you said something that I think was really surprising for me. Are you tracking with me? Can you go with that?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, re- yeah, but I remember.
0: So uh, share with our audience what you shared with us.
3: Yeah, I... You know, I, I that was like a Holy Spirit moment, you know, and going back to, to what I did share is I, I get more nervous in my heart for the ones that do have a foundation mm. uh, because they already know, you know, so they, they think it's okay to cut a corner or it's okay to to just give half a heart. But when you got a kid who doesn't have a dad, and they get the message of Jesus Christ, they know that might be all they got, you know? So they get on their knees and say, man, God, if, if this is the answer, the words of everlasting life, like, come on, I, I, I want hope. I don't even have a dad.
4: Hmm. He's in jail
3: or, or or a kid that comes and, and sure they have uh you know, an okay home, but they were abused by somebody on the outside or they were uh, disrespected, and maybe not abused physically, but disrespected and bullied. Uh, they're a kid that gets on their knees and goes, Man, I know what it feels like to be like you, Christ. Hmm. The ones I worry, worry about the most are the ones who are the most guarded hmm. and the ones that don't realize what a gift it is to be loved Mm -hmm. that not everybody gets that Greg and Steph Mm -hmm. you know not everybody walks in a home and gets hugged and a lot of times people think that that's like just supposed to be that way but they don't realize that that's not the way it is for everybody. And when a young person comes to us as a missionary and they haven't been hugged every day at home, and every day they get hugged in our mission, it's like, wow, If this is how Christ treats you. Holy cow, I want to live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. But many of those who come from very solid backgrounds and get hugged every day and get encouraged and pray, they pray together, and then they come to our mission. It's like they deserve it. No, it's just the great, great gift of grace, right? Mm, amen. Yeah, the great gift of grace.
1: Hard as nails. You said you're going. You're going into your seventh year. What What observations could you make? Both um, the culture that you guys have ministered through over those years, for better, for worse, um, and also the missionaries that come to you.
0: By the way, what you just said rocked me out. I I am totally with you, and obviously we know we're not saying parents, they're better off not forming your kids in the Catholic faith. You're not saying that at all. You're just saying the good can be the enemy of the great, and if we don't have that radical awareness of Christ, uh, we can just be in our hot tubs. My nice, warm, cozy Catholic hot tub, And, uh, and, and we don't really get that radical need for Jesus Christ that often comes from those folks who are truly broken and, quite frankly, the ones we see in the Gospel that more often than not connect with Jesus, so totally with you. Anyways, to Steph's question: the culture. Yeah, what are you seeing I in mean, the culture?
3: Yeah, I mean, in the you know past fifteen years, and then seven years now with our missionary program uh, with hearts. Now, I I think the most important thing to do every day is 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 cry with the people you love. Mm-hmm. You know, I a lot of people like laughing. We're going to laugh. I mean, I'm always laughing, and that's a gift. And every day we should laugh. You know, and every day we should should, uh, minister the gospel and bring somebody to Christ each day. But I believe that we need to make sure to not wait for somebody's deathbed for us to cry with them and tell them how much we love them and how much we believe in them Mm. and how much we care for them that we got to do it now Mm. before it's too late, that we can't wait. Mm. We can't wait. You know, the thing I've learned is we wait, and then we assume that somebody doesn't love us, or or we assume that somebody hates us, or or we assume that, you know, we we haven't hurt someone. And and guess what? We can't wait to do that. Those who sow in tears will reap in joy. The joy comes in the morning, yes, but it's a daily grind. It's a daily fight, and I'll, I'll close on one story I've got for you. I i, go, I don't know if you've been to these movie taverns, right? Uh, but it's like where you go up and you like can put your feet up. And, All right. You know, people, people come and serve you popcorn, yep. right? <laughs> so I'm walking Please. in the movie tavern with our chaplain, Father Brian, and a couple other people, and I look at this young man, and his name's Dennis. And I say, Dennis, uh, he go. He because his name tag was there, I go, I'm sorry for all the people that hurt you. Mm. That's all I said. And he, he looked at me like, weird, like, do you know me? And I shook his hand, and I went into the movie. After I'm done with the movie, I, I walk back out, and he, he stops me as I'm walking out. And he says, hey, hey. How'd you know uh, uh, that people hurt me? I, I go. I didn't know, but I do. I, I do know who does know. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, "You're amazing."
4: Mm.
3: I'm sorry. And I hugged him with everything I had. And I, and I had a little tear run down my eyes. And he started to cry a little bit. And he was holding it back. Two days later, I don't go on Instagram. But my staff goes on there. They send me a message. You won't believe who wrote to you. Mm. I look at the message, and it's Dennis. And he said, I looked at your website, com, and I looked you up there, and I want you to tell me it's the first day in a long time that I didn't feel invisible.
4: Mm. Oh. Beautiful, you know,
0: beautiful.
3: There are people in our lives right now that feel invisible. Because we're not willing to show our weakness mm-hmm. to them. The only reason I could do it that day, Steph and Greg, was not because of the great TV show that we have on EW10 that plays every week. It's not because I had an HBO movie on. my life. It's not because I've written five books. i got a, my fifth book coming out with Dynamic Catholic. You're amazing. Five ways to guarantee your life is fulfilling. It's not because of any of those things. It's because I've been rejected. That's why. The only reason I can stop, and a lot of you think your greatest gift is the achievement you have. Mm. But our greatest gift is the rejection we faced in Christ
4: Jesus. Mm. Hey,
0: brother, you are beautiful. I love you. And we're going to turn this uh, concluding part here into prayer. So. Lead us right now, Justin. Let's unite our hearts in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this moment for every grandparent, every parent who's listening, and hopefully when they hear it again, they'll invite their young people to listen. So lead us in prayer right now.
3: In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty oh, God, I pray for any grandparent or parent or anyone out there listening, you'd know that a lot of your sufferings... Is might feel or think they're not worth it or you're going through this for no reason lord i pray in a special way this night that they'll know that all that they go through is a gift Mm. the good the the bad any weakness they go through can be used for the glory of god i pray in a special way for any young person they know that's suffering out there that they may be, bring joy to them by sharing the greatest battle they faced. I pray they'll share like my grandmother shared with me the suffering she saw so that they may know that they can get through anything. I pray hmm. with all my heart and soul that everyone who's listening right now can accept christ in their heart and know that christ can win the victory yes lord through our pain and suffering that leads to joy oh my god thank you so much for this night and for every night you give us amen amen
0: Amen, brother. We love you.
1: Love you, Justin.
0: We're gonna Mary. be assured of our prayers, and we'll be in touch real soon, brothers. It's uh, Justin Fatika. You're tuned into Ignite Radio Live, and we're just praying for now, pouring of the Holy Spirit. This be more than a moment, in a, but a movement. And Steph, we're gonna turn to our prayer intentions that are offered every day at our at our site, and I'm just gonna invite you, Steph, to kind of lead us off. If you have them right there
1: we join Gigi in lifting up healing for her aunt who will be having a kidney transplant soon we ask that you be with the doctors and all those um, who will be taking care of her we join
0: Karen in praying for Richard a three year old who is transferred to Pittsburgh Children's Hospital with symptoms that indicate possible muscular dystrophy Lord that your healing hand be upon him and your comfort be to the parents
1: Brenda lifts up the family of Sis Brown who passed away just a few days ago. Lord, let eternal rest grant unto her and perpetual light shine upon her. Lord, we join Justin in continued
0: prayers for the healing of his son, Matthew.
1: We join Robert in his intentions of, as a friend, just always lifting up Yvonne um, Mm -hmm. and her healing and prayer. And we just know that you are faithful God, Lord, and you desire healing and that that suffering be used for your glory. And also for the upcoming Charismatic Conference, that it may be a time of true encounter with the Holy Spirit, Lord God.
0: We join Edna in her prayer for chaos and turmoil in a particular family. And, Lord, we just say for any family which is... uh, experiencing right now any kind of turmoil may they encounter your holy presence and discover blessedness in the brokenness
1: we join candy in lifting up Jackie who has brain cancer and Betty who's suffering from a stroke and having a relapse Um, and for her upcoming surgery on her foot we just ask Lord again that your healing presence um, be poured upon them
0: we join Lori in prayer for her father for peace and comfort
1: Lord God, who prays for his conversion, just mm-hmm. a cry out to you, Lord, and, and knowing that you are merciful and that you are good. We know, Lord, that you will hear that prayer.
0: We pray, uh, join Debbie in her prayer for a friend who just discovered he has pancreatic and liver cancer. We do pray for total healing in Jesus' name. And I do add, Lord, that all who hear this might be summoned to our ablaze on Sunday with expectant faith and confidence in the power of your Holy Spirit. And just a little commercial, setablaze.eventbrite.com.
1: We joined Susan's prayer um, for a successful surgery for Don, for healing for Diane, for a successful job interview um, for Michael, safe travels and wedding blessings for Ben and Elizabeth, and for healing um, for grief from a family who lost a loved one.
0: We join Bev in praying for their new granddaughter who will come into the world, or already at this point had come to the world, that your arms surround and lead that child into eternal glory.
1: And Jean's prayer, Lord God, for Syrian children. Be with them, Lord God, in your goodness and in your mercy, and protect them and keep them safe.
0: For all our benefactors, for priests, our bishop, let your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. We are all yours. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: Amen.